fellas, don't drink that coffee. done by 9 30 so let's go we got 12 minutes so uh let's just start at the end okay that was the end dallas that was really great talking to you oh man didn't even that flew by this Duke, episode flew by david duchovny all right well we'll talk to you guys next time no um <clears throat> did we are we just starting afresh yeah so people who wouldn't know this that last time we podcasted and we did episode 10 we tried to also throw in episode 11 somewhere in the middle of it you had to take your dog out and i pressed pause and then didn't press start again when you came back we talked for about 25 minutes and those minutes are now lost lost mm-hmm. to the ether so uh we're starting again fresh this is uh dish in the percolator this is episode 11 this episode is called the mass ball uh, I am your host, Sean O'Donnell. With me, as always, is Dallas McLaughlin. Dallas. Hi, buddy. How are you? I'm doing well. That's good. I'm doing well. Tired, but, uh, <clears throat> but you know, I'm doing fine. So the last time we spoke, um, it took me about five minutes to realize you were being serious when you said that you are now enjoying the kind of new direction Twin Peaks is headed, which is the... the, the, the main engine running the show fell out of the car and you are enjoying your time just kind of looking at the rearview mirror and the door handles and the radio like you actually are into all of the other little plots that are happening and i was pleasantly surprised and i actually i would never have never have predicted it but um i think it actually is going to make this fun as we kind of finish out season two so do you still feel that way after watching episode 11? I, if not, even more. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. Okay. I feel like I'm letting you down. No, I feel please, like I'm letting you down. No, it's not, please don't apologize. It's amazing. It's so good. Uh, and I told you this last time, a lot of diehards kind of, you know, look over and um, kind of, look down on these episodes but the fact that you're enjoying them was a unexpected twist for me and it makes this podcast even more fun than i thought it would be at this point uh in our arc of the show so um, well there you go man it's great It, it makes me really happy so um so this is mass ball this was uh it's aired on december 15th 1990 this was written by uh barry pullman not bill pullman but Bill Pullman's dad, Barry. Bill Bill Pullman's dad. Uh, he also wrote an episode earlier in the season, The Orchid's Curse, he wrote, uh, which had the scenes with the uh, the judge when they're at the roadhouse, kind of makeshift court. Oh, um, yeah, that was a great episode. You liked that one. And then uh, Dwayne Dunham directed this. He directed the second episode of the show. He edited the pilot, and he is also editing all of season three. So... Um, 
He's been tied in. And his son, show. Jeff, is a great stand-up with does the puppets. Yes, Jeff done it with the puppets. Uh, yeah. This one, this episode opens with James on the bike. And um, I, I the, the, the James biking music is like my least favorite music. There's like really, really fantastic music in the show. The show is known for the music. There was like, it, you know, the soundtrack, I think, was like the number one album on the Billboard charts at one point. But this is my least favorite cue. Um, and this episode starts with it. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, but <clears throat> here's what I was hoping with this episode. And it's not a spoiler because um, if you're listening to this, I would hope that you watch the episode. I was really hoping that it would just be James on his bike for the whole episode. <laughs> <laughs> and there'd be no, there'd be no like into it, you know, like it would just, this is the way the episode episode would end, which is him riding down the road on his motorcycle. It would be like the Yule log thing on direct TV where it's like, it's just, (laughs) if you went out in the background during Christmas of James, just riding on his motorcycle. Or it's like the Nick Offerman thing. Have you seen the Nick Offerman thing? What is he just like smoking a stogie or something? Yeah, he just has a he sits in front of a fire and drinks whiskey and he doesn't say a word. He just stares at the camera. Yeah. And yeah, drinks yeah, whiskey. Yeah. It's like forty five minutes long or something like that. It's great. Yeah. Well this feels yeah, forty five like minutes long with with James. Um yeah, wasn't long enough. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna do my best to not like ask you if I asked you this last time we did this podcast, but did you notice David Duchovny's name in the credits while he was riding his bike? Uh, I did notice his name in the credits, and I think okay. we. And I know right. that we're not trying to redo the episode, but I did have some weird. I did have some weird thought that like him and David Lynch were friends, and I don't know why I, I thought that, but, um, but apparently they are not friends. Yeah, this, this, this is pre. This is pre X Files, so this was like I think I don't know if this is the first thing he did because he was in some random movie. He was Wasn't in the he Rich Don't Tell wasn't he in Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead? Oh, God, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea. Oh, I think I might was be right he, about that. He Wait, was he Christina Applegate in Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead? <laughs> uh, the dishes he are does look, done. He, he does make a pretty, a pretty woman, right? Not really. Oh, dude. Um... <laughs> they <laughs> no uh did you did you sing the riff to the you say it's your birthday the beatles well it's the same riff as um pretty woman did you know that pretty woman walking down the street <laughs> it's your birthday aren't you happy to meet all the fellas you're pretty woman I don't and know that. I don't know that version. Is that the? Is that a remix? It's the Traveling Wilburys. Oh, got it, got it, got it, got it. Yeah, they do. Jeff both. Lynn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, so yeah. Uh, wait, Duchovny and Li- David Lynch are not friends. Is that what you said? Well, you, we said we talked about it for a brief second because I remember you telling me they weren't friends, but for some reason I just thought that they were. Well, they're not. I don't think they're like not not friends, but I, but I'm I not just sure feel like they're like du- best friends. I, did, I just feel like Duchovny is one of those actors who would who would benefit from being in like Lynch's circle. You know what I mean? Sure. 
I don't know. Like Justin yeah, Thoreau. Know. Justin Thoreau is in Lynch's circle. He was in like everything that Lynch has done in really? the last like 10 years. Yeah. Yeah, he was in... Um, because he was in Mulholland Drive, he was the the main guy. Kind of, I guess he was the main guy in that. He was the main guy in um, uh, Inland Empire, your favorite David Lynch movie. Snooze so. Fest. And he also uh, wrote Tropic Thunder. Yeah, Justin Thoreau's written a lot of things. Yeah, he's a weird. He's a weird dude. Have you seen The Leftovers? No, I've told that I've been told that it's not great. Uh, it's great. Oh, the okay. second season I, is is really really great. I liked it. All right, I'll watch um, it. Okay, well let's move on. So pass James on the bike, please, please. Let's get out of here. Let's go to the sheriff station where, uh, if we remember the last episode, it ends with Coop was going night fishing with Major Briggs, which doesn't that sound nice? Wouldn't you like to go yeah. hang out with those two guys? Um, so they're asking Betty Briggs. They're talking to her after the disappearance. But she's kind of like not surprised. She says he dis- disappeared before. It's always work-related. Um, and she asked Cooper if it, if it was work-related. He's like, I, I don't know. I, I get, you know, It's kind of weird because he left suddenly. And she says the fact that it was in the woods is very significant. He talks about the woods constantly. Um, Coop kind of is intrigued by this. He wants to know if he's been trying to contact some element in the woods and, uh, Betty Briggs is, you know, shoots him down with that's classified. Um, it's to me, it's still so weird that Bobby Briggs is their kid, right? Yeah. Well, see, no, cause I've known a lot of army brats growing up. So yeah, I mean like, I don't know beyond that. It's just, it's just, I don't know. Well, I feel like Bobby's really showing off the the family smarts. Really? Yeah, you know, with this whole Leo deal, he's really he's really putting it together. I'm not sure about that. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I buy. I'm not, I don't know if I'm going to yeah. buy it on that. Um, no. When when Betty leaves, she uh, Cooper then confides in Harry that he he doesn't think this was work related. Um, you know, the big flash of light and him disappearing. Um, this is the episode where the uh, Dougie Milford gets married, which is a weird scene. But the Andy comes in with the they've got a present for the uh, for the Milfords, um, and there's a temp there because Lucy's helping with the wedding, and uh, we are graced with a call from Gordon Cole, who's calling yes. Cooper to let him know <laughs> that he has his full support. Um, he's got some kind of, you know, really loud, loudly spoken encouragement in that, you know, these are hard times and we're going to get through them. Uh, there's a funny part where he asks, he kind of lists off all the things and he says, is this true? And Cooper says, ah, it's all a bunch of hogwash, but most of it's not hogwash. Like most of it Cooper actually did. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. The only thing he didn't do was steal the drugs, but. Crossing over the border, the you know the the murder. Obviously, that wasn't Cooper, but anyway. Um, there's also a funny moment where he says the DEA is sending someone, and Cooper asks who they're sending, and there's that like pregnant pause, and then he just yells, "It's Gordon," because <laughs> he thinks he's asking who it is. Talking. Yeah. yeah. Mm. So this is when we find out. <clears throat> Go ahead. 
Sorry, it's just some of the finest voiceover acting. I know. Anyone, anyone's ever done. Lynch is uh, Lynch uh, is a born. Uh, he's a born performer. Anytime I watch anything on Showtime on demand right now, they it's just David Lynch eating a donut, and it makes me so happy. It's one of the Wait, one of why? the because like, te- it's one of the teasers for season three. Oh, <clears throat> that's really funny. So it's just him like slowly eating a donut. It's just amazing. It's a donut. <laughs> Glazed. <laughs> um, so he says that the DEA is sending Dennis Bryson, and uh, he kind of gives him a few more encouraging words and says, you know, to let a smile be your umbrella. Um, <laughs> and he's going to need that umbrella because here come the feds. So <laughs> I love that the scene opens and there's like the the like first Apple laptop is sitting on the table and the screen is like three inches big. Yeah. <laughs> you missed that, huh? Yeah, I didn't notice that at all. Maybe because I just, yeah. I love those computers. <clears throat> yeah. That was like, I think, I think our, uh, our one time friend, Matt Gorney, uh, got that as like a gift for Travis one time. Like, Oh, like, like, got, like a, recently, well, I mean, this is probably not, like five, not, five not years in, ago or something. Not in 1990, right? When Gorney was like <laughs> no. 10. Yeah, and those computers like $3,000. <laughs> yeah, I was no, like, that's really was, strange. Uh, Did Gorney make a wish yeah. and one of them was to give Travis? <laughs> Gorney was dying and his make-a-wish was... <laughs> uh, no, it was like uh, five years ago or whatever. He got him like a oh, Macintosh okay. 2E okay. and we like played with it. It was super fun. That's funny. Yeah, this is like, it's definitely like really, really, really old. Um, so the whole kind of purpose of this is for Cooper to have a chance to explain himself. Um, but instead of doing that, he kind of just says he's not going to try to come up with some defense. He's confident. Uh, what He calls the rightness of his actions. He says some of it happened outside the guidelines, but he's going to pay the price. And all of this kind of doesn't sit well with Roger, who's here to interrogate him. And he's he kind of shoots him this, like, you know, he, there's this line about he's he's concerned he's packing feathers where his spine is supposed to be, um, which is a pretty good, uh, that's a pretty good, uh, you know, zinger. I'm going to use Insult? that. Zinger, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, You're packing like feathers where your spine is supposed to be. <laughs> it sounds like an insult from the 1930s. Um, yeah, but Cooper's kind of like not really there, man. He's he says he's thinking about a bigger game and seeing beyond fear. And I wrote down that it sounds like Cooper's gonna like wants to quit and get a job at the double R, you know, <laughs> which they could use the help at this point, right? Well, no, they could. I mean, <clears throat> no one works. Gone, I don't think anyone reviews. works there anymore. <laughs> Yeah, no one works there. It's uh <laughs> they're gonna they're gonna hire Toad pretty soon. It's like the Cafe eighties from Back to the Future Two. Like this computer screens pop up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mac, yeah Macintosh two E's pop up and they just take your order. <laughs> um, Coke or Pepsi. <laughs> this the meeting ends and Roger lets him know he's he's uh still suspended and that he's worried about him. He wants him to get a, a like a psych eval. Um, so Cooper, Cooper's fate is still up in the air with the FBI. Uh, meanwhile, uh, an adult woman is in high school and Nadine approaches Donna. Um, 
And Donna, again, is right just to James. Like, you know, this is her world. You know, it's like she hasn't killed anyone or seen James in two episodes, so she's not sure what her character should be doing at all, you know? but It's my favorite thing she's done. <laughs> um, we found out Nadine has the hots for your favorite character on Twin Peaks, Mike the Snake. and uh, <laughs> Mike the Snake. Donna's a little concerned, you know, because um, she knows that she's in real life married to Ed. And so yeah. she kind of reminds her of that. You know, she's like, aren't you going out with Ed? And, you know, Nadine says something like, you know, sometimes Eddie acts like he's old enough to be my father. I, I noticed that, like, for Donna, I think the person who kind of suffers the most with losing the the Who Killed Laura Palmer thread is Donna because now Donna doesn't have anything to do, you know, like mm. other than pine for James and just kind of be like, what is my, what is the point of my character? Because it was like, she, that was her thing is she was kind of playing the Nancy drew detective. And that was the part that was kind of like what was interesting about her character. And now that's gone. So well, she's just like, <clears throat> where's James? Like, that's all she is now. They just got to come up with another like case for her to get on. Yeah, maybe could, she could solve one of her own murders. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Is she in season three? I am not going to talk about season three with you. Okay. Because I don't want. I don't. I think like I. I shouldn't have even talked about David Lynch eating a donut. Because uh, I. I just don't want to spoil anything. You know what I mean. Well, I mean, you've already told me a bunch of people who are in season three, but that's okay. Yeah, I know. I just, I think that I just don't want to talk about it. Well, there will be a well, point no, when we will talk about it, but I don't think it's now. Well, no, that's good. Now I know that something happens to her character. So thanks for spoiling that. Um, that's uh, not, so anyway. that's, by the way, that's not necessarily true. Let's move Here's, on. Did she move away from Twin Peaks and then light well, up the bright lights to Hollywood? I will tell you something to know that. When they went to shoot, they shot Firewalk with me. Laura Flynn Boyle does not play Donna. Huh. Interesting. Yes. Um, okay. So we'll move well, on. I guess there. we will talk about it. So uh, is it? Um, is it? Uh, is it second? <laughs> is it what? <laughs> is it Sarah Chalk? Who's Sarah? Who? Sarah Chalk. Is Sarah Chalk play Donna? Who's Sarah Chalk? She was uh, the second Becky in Roseanne. <laughs> <laughs> she <laughs> she took over for Becky. I just that's didn't know so that's a good thing That's so weird that you know her but, name is Sarah Chalk. Well, I know that because she was also on Scrubs. <laughs> no, actually, the second Aunt Viv plays Donna in Firewalk <laughs> with me. Okay, yeah, perfect. That's that even the, better cast. That was the thing. best. That episode where they introduced the new Aunt Viv, he, like Will Smith has this line about, did you do something to your hair? I hardly recognize you anymore. And then they like, all kind of turn to the camera. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was great. Yeah, I'm so glad. It was a good show. Man. It was a great show. Um, okay. So I, I wrote this next note for this scene. I wrote that at this point, the the biker music to me is scarier than Bob. <laughs> Did I lose you? No, I'm here. Sean? 
I was just oh. waiting for your reaction. Um, so James, well, who is, I was going to, James, sorry, what? Go if you're not, oh, you know, oh, now you want to talk. No, it's, this is a reference for like four people, but every time you say Bob, what? I didn't say anything. I'm telling you, dude, I'm buying you an Ethernet every time cable. You, I'm sorry it sounds so bad. I apologize. We'll we'll work on it for next time. I don't know how to fix it right now. But every time you say Bob, it makes me want to sing the No Effect song. Yes. That's all. That's all I was going to say. It wasn't okay. worth it. I apologize thank you for, to everybody. Thank you for having bad internet and then derailing my thread. Oh, no worries. <laughs> sorry. We should, so, should we talk about, talk about mafia more? I mean, Jesus. Yes, yes we should. Um, James, James, who is an 18 year old, uh, or 17 year old senior in high school is ordering a beer at Wally's hideout. Um, and we're introduced to, uh, Evelyn Marsh, who is like my Harold Smith, man. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm not a big fan of this thread, but we're here. It's on our plate. So let's, let's get to it. Um, I'm all about Evelyn Marsh. Yeah, you're a big fan. So she's flirting uh, with James. She's got a problem with her husband's car. She drove it into a ditch, which is a metaphor for this plot. Um, <laughs> James goes to the jukebox, and I wrote, please, 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 James, play the thong song, which has not been written yet. Um, I also... <laughs> I also wrote that we were completely robbed... By the writer, by Barry Pullman, of what could have been like the best moment in the show if he had put the quarter in and the jukebox had played that biker music. <laughs> yeah, that would have been great. Like, how great would that have been if that's what song comes on when he, when he puts money in the jukebox? <sighs> it's a good thing for our listeners. Like, anybody who listens to this podcast, tweet us with your with the best song that could have been played but instead it's the moment. same it's the same music cue that bobby plays i think in the in the pilot which is that really over the top like rock organ um it's kind of more fitting here it, it was it was funnier the first time because he plays it in the double r and it's really really loud the last time we hear it um and then whatever James, it is it sounds yeah go ahead I was just going to say, whatever it is, whatever the music is, it sounds like what Audubon would play. <laughs> What's Audubon? That fake, band, that fake band from Big Lebowski that Flea is in. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, that's what I think of. I just think like weird industrial, like, yeah. No, rock, it's like, like it's melodic like, rock. No, it's like really, really like loud, like swing, kind of slow. Like the organ is just super loud. Anyway, it's a funny cue, but it's not. If it if it would have been the yeah. biker music, I would have. This would have been my favorite episode of television of all time. Um, <laughs> and then James is like, you know, staring into the jukebox. He's just so moody. So out of the uh, out of the frying pan into the fire, because we're we're now we get to kind of go from that to the little Nikki plot plot line. Um, Right, this is why I think people start kind of they started getting sick of this show. So we've we were introduced to this character kind of through Dick Tremaine talking about how he's he's trying to impress Lucy, so he's become a big brother, basically is what it is. 
And uh, oh, this, okay. ki- yeah, yeah. this kid's name is Little Nicky, which it's funny to me that the name is Little Nicky. Um, so he's from Helping Hand, which is like the the, the Big Brother um, program. So they just came from the department store, and he's she's obviously showboating because he's come to take Nicky and Lucy out to to the, the double R. But when Lucy's not there, instead of saying, okay, well, we'll still go get get you a, a malted or whatever, he says, all right, we, we're not going. Um, and and when the kid starts throwing a fit, Andy offers to to take both of them out. Um, this is all really painful, and it's. But the one thing I wrote is like, I think Andy is still great through all of this. Um, I, yeah, I, I love I the character, agree. and I he's just like so genuine and nice that it kind of it he does his best to save this this um, thread. So I don't know, Sean. I have a feeling this uh, plot line will pay off. <laughs> Fingers <laughs> crossed. Um, so we're still at the station. Cooper uh, is speaking with Hawk and Harry about some of the stuff that Major Briggs was talking about. So he asks those guys if he's if they've heard of the White Lodge, which Major Briggs had mentioned when they were making s'mores. Um, and then this kind of Hawk's ears are, you know, he goes, oh, I kind of, he wants to pick up on this. So he starts talking about how Cooper may be fearless in this world, but there are other worlds. Um, He speaks about spirits that rule man and nature uh, reside at the White Lodge. Um, And then he talks about a local legend about there's also a place called the Black Lodge. And this is a place where he says spirits must pass through there on the way to perfection and you'll meet your own shadow self. He says it's called the dweller on the threshold. And then Cooper repeats that. And I wrote, the, my one thing about Cooper that I, I don't love is that there's so many times where it's just him repeating something else someone has just said, you know? Like at least one time an episode, mm. Cooper, you know, last time it was like a green butt skunk. And this time it's the dweller on the threshold. Like he just, I don't know, it, it gets a little bit annoying. Um, huh. maybe it's something I I've I just notice. noticed through this, watching this, this time through, but yeah. it seems to be something where like the, every writer was like, okay, I'm going to do this. Um, and talks- obviously Hawk just reiterating stuff from young guns too. go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> he talks about, uh, Hawk ends up talking about the, if you were in the, if you, I think if you enter the black lodge with imperfect courage, that it's going to annihilate your soul. Yeah, light stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is when Duchovny shows up, and it's not Dennis Bryson that Cooper was expecting. We're introduced to Denise Bryson, uh, which he quickly tells him it's a long story, um, and then kind of gets right to it. The DEA is interested in him for stealing drugs, and Cooper's kind of like, you know, look, you know me, you know I wouldn't do this. And he he has a a funny line about recent experiences taught me never to judge too quickly. Um, And then there's a good line about how uh, he's he's like, he's staying at the Great Northern and asks him how the the food is. And Coop says, uh, Denise, you're in for a real surprise. And Harry says, so are they. (laughs) (laughs) And then Hawk's got that line about that's a good color, good color for him. So, uh, I, uh, that's a good color for him. 
Uh, <laughs> that was a good hawk. Uh, you did. Wa- was, Thanks, yeah. man. Yeah. I want to. I want to say that uh, Duchovny looks great. Yeah. Like kind of, kind of awkwardly looks good as a woman. Especially like that era of woman, woman like high hair. Oh, the big hair. Shoulder pads. Yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like yeah, that specific era of women kind of really fit him. Sure. Um, and I was just happy that it was Duchovny being weird like that. It's kind of my favorite Duchovny. He kind of comes in like I was thinking about this episode. You had the like, you get the the James and Evelyn to the little Nikki and Dick Tremaine. And then, like Duchovny, kind of shows up like a, like a knight or like a, you know, princess, I guess. Like a maiden to save the day. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, Joan of Arc. <laughs> so, back at the high school, Mike's in the gym doing legs. It's leg day, and uh, Nadine, who has the hots for Snake, is uh, kind of ponies up to the the press machine next to him and she's uh she's doing some some legs too and i think he says like is there something you want and she goes why mike are we being a little forward um and she's like pressing 600 pounds <laughs> so yeah. um this is when the coach kind of comes in to check on everyone and he, he sees her doing that and he's like you know kind of beelines to her and asks her to to join the wrestling team um, my thing with the second season is I really enjoy this Nadine more than the old one, like a lot as, as goofy and is like, Oh really? She's in high school. How is this working out? Uh, it's just more fun than the old one. I, for me. So, well, I mean, that is the only question I have is with it. It's like, and I agree. And I even, I, I said that, uh, when she broke the shake in the diner, that episode, like I prefer the this Nadine to the old to the old Nadine. Um, I I want some more Ed in my life. I feel bad. Sure, sure. Um, but uh, but my big question about it all is like, like she can't be on the wrestling team. Like that, like uh-huh. that doesn't even make any sense. The it's legal, like the, worst the legal ramifications. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't even, like she can't be in the cheerleading squad. Yeah, like well. uh, you know she can barely even roam the halls. So I'm just yeah. I, it's just a little. Well, you mean you can't because she can't legally? I don't think that she. I don't think you're allowed to be in high school past a certain age. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you're allowed to take high school cl- what if courses. You have a, what if you have a doctor's note? Um, that I don't know. See, I guess in Twin Peaks, there's only what two doctors, so maybe their <laughs> notes hold a lot of weight. Yeah, I can yeah. tell you, in Northern Exposure, there was one doctor. Do you think Judge and, uh, Do you think Judge Sternwood would give her the would give her the thumbs up? <laughs> yeah, I think you would. Yeah. 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 Well, we'll find out. What? I'm not I don't I what? yeah, I can't imagine that it's legal at all, but it's television. You know? No, I know. I mean, I obviously weirder things have happened on this show than this, <laughs> but it's just just barely. But um it's funny to me that just no one, no other characters are questioning it. <laughs> hey, you, you're stoked because Josie's back. Uh, Did I pop your balloon? Sorry, my dog just died. Is that weird that he died when you said <laughs> Josie's back? You just got that That's dog. Upsetting. 
Oh, well, that's what happens. Jingles. Yeah. Jingles. It's okay, buddy. You lived a long and I'm sorry. Jingles will you- have jingles will have to be shot. <laughs> um so Josie just shows up at Chateau Truman, um, which is like just as rustic as I had hoped for. He's got a yeah, he's he like a painting above his bed of a motorcycle. Yeah, it's perfect. It's perfect. I I really It's kind of like you remember um do you remember oh god oh my god what what was that movie where they had the paintings of the guys with the motorcycle uh, riding the motorcycle oh, with the um, animal heads Yeah it's uh, it was the Royal Tenenbaums Yeah that's kind of what it reminded me of like his yeah, yeah like the setup of his like house reminds me of like that um oh, Wes Anderson aesthetic kind yeah. of Yeah 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 yeah, it was very fun. So good. Um, so he uh, he wants Josie to tell him like what the story is, right? Because she's been lying to him. She's been holding back some of the truth. So she spills the beans. She kind of tells him the whole her whole life story. So she was just a kid. She got uh, she was on the streets. She started working for a, a man in Hong Kong named Thomas Eckerd. Um, and she says he kind of taught her about life and business. And there's a really creepy line about how he was her father, her master and her lover. Um, and Andrew Packard was his business partner. And when he proposed to her, she said, yes, uh, which I guess didn't make Thomas Eckerd very happy. And so, uh, he's been trying to get her back. Uh, Mr. Lee works for Thomas Eckerd, and he was taking her back to him. She says she escaped from the airport in Seattle, and then I wrote, and what, walked? Like, Seattle's far <laughs> from Twin Peaks. What, what happened? Um, well, by the look of those eels. She's all dirty, yeah, and she's she got a gun? Did. Yeah, I don't know. Um, Mr. Lee seems like the kind of guy you wouldn't be able to escape from. Right in an in an airport, you know. I don't know. He didn't seem like that dangerous. Like ever. what did she? What did she do? Like go? Oh, I'm gonna go buy a Cinnabon and then just like took off. Yeah, that line is that, the line for Cinnabon is so long. Mister Lee's not gonna wait around. Was she like, oh, sorry, Mister Lee. The the Cinnabon guys say there's no more icing, and he like throws his hat and then she runs off. <laughs> throws his hat like out of <laughs> you know, he throw his hat because he's upset because there's no more icing oh i thought he threw it at the cinnabon guy maybe well yeah i like said like he was a, upset well mr lee might do that kind of like a uh, like an odd job thing where he yeah. takes off his hat and that's how he kills people yeah <laughs> he might <laughs> i like it i don't know i don't know um anyway josie's back you're stoked so at the double r Roger, who I don't know what his last name is, but from Roger from the FBI is there to, you know, interrogate Coop. He's having some pie. And let's see. This is when Hank and Ernie stumble in. Uh, there's a funny line because they went hunting. Uh, Norman asks him if he, he caught anything, and he says he hopes not. Um, and, then he, and then he realizes what she's talking about. So Norm is, Norm is bad. I did a little research, by the way, into the whole, like, um, 
remember we were kind of splitting hairs on the Houston thing and if it was a football bet, and I thought that was Hank's newspaper, but it was Ernie's newspaper. So Norma's kind of been hip to Ernie the whole time, knowing that he was bad news. And so at this point, he tells or she tells him that her mom is split. He needs to split too. Um, hmm. And I still am a little foggy on the whole Ernie thing. Like, this is when um, Hank's like, "Oh, good that she's gone. You've got work to do. You got to sell the drugs." And which is weird. Why is he in charge of selling the drugs? I thought he was like a he was a numbers guy. He was a money guy. Um, yeah, I couldn't be more one disinterested in Ernie and two, uh, not informed about Ernie. <laughs> sure. And I, and I'm trying my best in failing. So, um, and then it's the, the Nick and Andy and Dick and the malted. And I wrote that. I hope Roger from the FBI just shoots all of them. Um, <laughs> like his gun just accidentally goes off. <laughs> <laughs> three times yeah it's like, like he's like oh god this pie is so good but boom that plot's done with but no luck oh uh, yeah well i like that people call it a malted though i forget that all yeah, the time that sounds good though by the way a malted always sounds really good but they aren't that great no they're pretty good they're good but i think shakes are better mm, okay all right i'm not gonna make this a shakes versus malted things with you right now Listen, if you're listening, tweet at us, shaker malted. At percolator.malted. <laughs> and also, what song should James have played in the jukebox? It was definitely the biker music. Um, speaking of, so we're back to James, and thank God, no biker music. He's at Evelyn's house. He's I was hoping for it. Do you like me like a lot of... <laughs> Street Fight Man by the Rolling Stones. <laughs> Um, G7. G7. You just hit G8. That was Do from... you like me? Sorry. Oh, I can't talk about Mafia, but you can bring up Norm MacDonald's Dirty Work. Well, you see, I met Norm MacDonald. Have I told you that story? <laughs> okay. Um... Moving on. Moving on. <laughs> I would rather talk about James and Evelyn. So James, James is fixing Evelyn's car. Or Evelyn's husband's car, Jeffrey. So she doesn't know where Jeffrey is. He travels extensively. And he has to have the most unique and beautiful toys. Are you that way about your bike, James? <laughs> For hating this, this storyline, you sure know it. <laughs> I just I wrote all this down. Um, so then James starts, like, James starts waxing poetic about biking. And I wrote that, like, so they did a lot of, they made all these books Right there was like the Laura Palmer diary, and then there was the like Agent Cooper. The it was called like My Life, My Tapes, and I wrote like where was the James like bike poetry book? You know what I mean? Like <laughs> James Hurley, Rocket Blind into the Dark. Like that's the one that I really want, <laughs> and I like wished that well. the that the actor. James Marshall would have like could have done a like it you know an audio book of him reading it because anytime he talks about biking he just like turns into this little poet and it's so funny. Um, Is the actor uh, dead? No. So you're telling well, me I could get what I want. Go. I will tell you. You could get what you want. Okay, it could happen because uh, like Laura Palmer's Secret Diary was a best-selling book the summer between the first and second seasons, and they're just announced that Cheryl Lee is releasing, they're releasing it with her reading it. 
Uh, she's the actress who played Laura Palmer. So maybe there's a wow. chance. So there, there could be. Do it. There could be. Uh, maybe I'll write it. James, yeah. James's book of biker poetry. Um, I'd rather read that book than watch him and Evelyn. But uh, and if Evelyn offers James kind of to stay there and fix the car up, so um, we'll see if he says yes. Back at the Great Northern, Ben Horn, who we haven't seen in a while, is uh, he's watching old movies. Uh, he's got the like. Uh, this is the groundbreaking of the Great Northern back in the day with him and Jerry as kids. And um, mm-hmm. I wrote, where's Louise Dombrowski with a flashlight when you need her? Um, <laughs> and he's kind of losing. Ben's falling apart a little bit here. Uh, he's quoting Shakespeare. And um, this, is when, this is when Hank shows up. Ben isn't too happy to see Hank because uh, he starts listing off all the things that Hank has not kind of gotten right lately. Uh, talking about Catherine... And um, then he talks about other the other things going wrong with Ben's life, which, you know, talks about Laura and talks about Leland. He starts talking about Feng Shui and about if he could arrange the room in the right order. Um, and <laughs> Hank kind of cuts him off while he's asking him to help move a desk. And he lets him know that, uh, that in regards to One-Eyed Jacks, uh, Ben is out. There's been a takeover. Ben kind of knows this was... Uh, Jean Renal and uh, Hank tells him he's screwed up and he tells him he's out and Ben this doesn't help Ben's already kind of fragile state of mind and he starts making shadow puppets um, this is a great scene uh, it, you know uh, Richard Beamer really seems like he's having a good time um, well he's a phenomenal actor Sean he is he is and he does a good job kind of steering Ben Horn off the cliff here. And um, we're going to follow. We're going to follow Ben Horn. Something's coming. I don't know. <laughs> we're going to follow Ben off the cliff pretty far. Um, um, Cooper gets a letter from Wyndham Earl with a chess move and a tape. Uh, it's discussing the chess move. And uh, he talks about leading. it's leading towards a classic confrontation. Uh, and he tells him that the the king must die. Um, I think I asked you this already, but is this the this is the first move that we we know about, right? From um, no, because Cole he Cole, he sent a move with Cole. Cole gave him an envelope. Okay. That said like E seven or something. Yeah, because he says I got your your response. Yeah. So they're playing chess. Yep. Um. Before we get to the very end of this episode, the next scene is this kind of strange scene at the Milford wedding, um, which starts with the actual ceremony. The uh, the what's it the 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 priest the priest officiating the wedding asks if anyone objects, and if we we know what what are you laughing at? Are you talking to me? What? Oh my wife! My wife is making fun of me. Oh, I was like, I'm not laughing at anything. No, I know that's just really rude. Hey, your wife's interrupting. I know, I know. What the heck, man? Um. So, I might try to like my train of thought is all. Wow. Wow. Okay. All right. I talk see. Talk about. 
Seriously. You see um, what happens? I know. Because this is what happens is I go, do you want me to go in the other room? She's like, no, it's fine. You can just be out here. It's fine. Well, yeah, now I know why. Because she's trying to throw a fork in my the socket of my podcast. <laughs> All right. I got to move on. Yeah, seriously. Tell her that we're so close to finishing this episode. We're so and... close to finishing this episode and stopping this podcast forever. Um, <laughs> Till we move on. And when he asks if anyone objects, the, of course, we all know the mayor is going to, and he does. And he's the best. Um, he's great. What else has this guy been in? Because I feel like the, I've, I've seen him in like every movie ever, right? The mayor? Yeah. What else is he in? Yeah, he looks familiar. I mean, I, who knows? But yeah, he's. He, I think he's one of those guys who shows up in a lot of movies. But that laugh is just like gold. Mm-hmm. Whenever he laughs, um, Cooper is upstairs in his room and he gets a phone call from uh, Denise inviting him down for a drink. Um, so he comes down. This is the wedding receptions being held in that kind of bar area at the Great Northern. And um, Denise caught the bouquet. He says, "How many? You know, it wasn't fair. How many of those girls were varsity wide receivers?" Um, <laughs> which is great. So he tells Cooper some bad news. He says he, they, he found cocaine residue uh, in Cooper's car. And, you know, while it does look like a frame, he's going to need more than Cooper's opinion to make that stick. Um, and then there's this, like, also the scene going on with Mayor Milford at the table with Pete. <laughs> and Mayor Milford's just kind of like, you know, he's re- very upset about his brother and he's just kind of hurling insults to no one. And Pete's just sitting there, like, mugging the whole time. And it's really, <laughs> really strange. Um, at the same time, Denise and Cooper are talking, and, and she's talking about, you know, what happened. So she, she was, you know, dressed up while undercover, and the seller would only... Uh, they were kind of busting a drug dealer who would only sell the transvestites. So this is how she discovered she preferred to wear women's clothing. And, um, there's a scene where like Pete's there and there's like cake. The log lady comes up and is talking about the cake and he's Pete starts saying how the mo- the music is nice. Anyway, it's just really weird. Um, Andy is later dancing with Denise and, um, it's a very strange, weird scene. Did you have yeah. anything you wanted to talk about with the scene, Dallas? <laughs> well, not really. I mean, I think like it is a weird scene. There's like a lot going on, and I feel like um, <clears throat> I just feel like it's one of the scenes that they keep kind of doing in this show now, which is like just just doing a once over with some characters yeah just like hey look at all these characters we've introduced you to earlier here they are eating cake yeah like, and dancing and yeah. making faces although i will say for uh, denise bryson that of all ways to become a transvestite i mean that kind of makes the most sense <laughs> he it, she's got a great line about how you know no one was more surprised than me it's not exactly something you plan on so uh, <laughs> yeah yeah, no, it was really uh, it was funny. Daniel yeah. Coveney's great. Like he, he's great. He's great. Yeah. <clears throat> Super great. Uh, the last isn't it scene- funny that oh, that's a, sorry? Isn't it funny that that's an issue though? Like in 1990, and like now it's it's what is it? 30 years later, and yeah, it's, 
Oh, I think it's great. It's, it's awesome. It's still they, like dividing the country. <laughs> sure, sure. But it's a great, yeah. it's kind of great that they introduced this character the year they did. Um, yeah, totally. The last scene of this is at the uh, the Packard residence. So Josie is, um, Josie's talking to Catherine. Catherine does not trust Josie anymore. Why should she? Um, and she's kind of, letting Josie know that things are going to change now. You know, Josie now is going to work for her as a maid. Um, and, you know, I, like, Mr. Why at this point has not missed, like Mr. Lee hasn't shown up just to grab her and take her back. Like he seems like such a badass, and like, doesn't he know where she is? You know? Well, maybe she killed Mr. Lee. Yeah, Maybe. Because I mean, I agree with but you. She's but she's really, at the same but time. she's like, she was really afraid, right, when she showed up at Harry's. So, or just you know, tired because she walked from Seattle. <laughs> so, you know, and now Catherine's telling her she's going to be your maid, and she's she expects breakfast. It's like Josie doesn't know how to cook breakfast, right? Oh no, she does. She, it's cereal. She can pour you a mean <laughs> bowl of cereal. <laughs> I don't even know if she knows how to do that. That's true. So. You know, um, so things have changed now for Josie's world is now going to be very different. Um, at this point, when Josie takes off, we are we get the bombshell that Andrew Packard is alive. Mm. Yes. And all is going exactly as they planned, which is a line that's like just too like, what do you how did you plan any of this? Like, really? Like, what did they plan? I don't get it. So, um but now they're now they're kind of using Josie's bait. They're waiting for Eckerd. So I guess what we're supposed to take from this is Thomas Eckerd was the one who tried to kill Andrew, and so Andrew's now planning his revenge. Um, mm-hmm. So when Eckerd comes looking for Josie, they'll be waiting. But like, so then did Andrew have something to do with Josie being able to escape? Because if Mister Lee would have taken her back to Hong Kong, he would the plan would have not gone anyway. I, I've seen this show a lot, and I should know the answer to some of these questions, but right now it just seems like some sloppy writing. Like, that they would have planned on all of these things that there's no way that that just could have happened where it wasn't... I don't know. Anyway. Well, I think it's funny that you're questioning all of this, but yet Nadine's still trying out for the wrestling team. <laughs> and your reasoning was, it's a TV show. <laughs> fair enough. Um, <laughs> fair enough. And this ends with the two of them saying, when Eckerd comes, they'll be, you know... They'll be waiting for him. It's like, which was weird because it was in unison, and, and also because part. she's sixty and he's ninety. Like, what are they gonna do? What are the two of them gonna do? Well, dress up like Asians and con a bunch of people <laughs> and pretend to get blown up in a boat. Yeah, that'll duh. that'll show him. Yeah, I don't know. What's funny is that like the the Andrew Packard, like I didn't even. Until we talked about him on the last episode, I had no clue he was a character. Like no clue. Oh yeah, I mean he's he was introduced in the pilot. Like like that was the the whole thing was that's the reason Josie Packard exists in the position she does is she inherited all these things from her late husband, you know. So yeah, I just totally but, forgot about him. Yeah, I think my my whole thing with him saying this, it's going how how he planned is. The big hole in that is if Mr. Lee was going to take her back, then 
what was his involvement in her getting free? Because if she doesn't get free to come back to them so they can use her as bait, then mm -hmm. you know what I mean? But we no, don't I really we don't really know. And maybe and maybe we find out, but at this point it was a little like kind of a head scratcher. But um, Yeah. I I mean there's kind of like some some of those storylines I'm like, I don't know how invested I have to be in these. Okay, so uh, let's see. Of this episode of um Nadine mm -hmm. of um let's see, let's say of little Nikki. Mm -hmm. uh, let's say of what are the other new ones? James uh, and Evelyn Marsh. James and Evelyn, and of Denise. What are your favorite characters? New characters, and let's say Andrew too. New plot lines. Little Nikki, number one. <laughs> um, <laughs> what happened to Mister Lee? Number two. Uh huh. Um, and then uh, who's who's closing up the double R tonight is probably the third. Um, no, I mean, out of all those storylines, golly. What was the first one you mentioned? Oh, I don't remember. <laughs> I mean, I guess probably probably Denise Bryson is yeah. probably my favorite one. Okay. And, and I agree. I agree. I feel like just because I'm a Duchovny fan. So. Yeah, me too. Me too. I feel like without him, you would have kind of noticed the kind of some of the holes in this episode uh, more than you, more than you would, more than you do. Yeah. But um. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, okay. and you know, I I'm not as down on Evelyn Marsh as you are, but I obviously haven't seen the sure. show, so I don't know <laughs> That's how. Fair. I don't That's know how fair. exhausting this gets. That's fair. But and I can I don't, imagine it will. And I don't remember, but I'm going to find out. <laughs> I'm going to find out. I'm going to find out. Um, well, that was fun. I, I'm, that yeah, one buddy. seemed that was seemed painful for us. For people who don't know, we <sighs> recorded this already. It got erased. And then this one, we kept having to stop in the middle because for whatever reason, our internet is uh, not cooperating well, the, I think it's by the way, mind. the internet to my, tonight was my least favorite plot line in this episode <laughs> of Dish in the Percolator. Well, we made it through chapter 11, and now yeah. it's onward and upward. Onward and upward, and it's fun. Showtime's now airing two episodes a week of the show g g leading up to season three. Like, I think there's only 14 weeks left, so they're doing we, two episodes a, a Sunday, so... Do we have 10, uh, 10 left? Is that what we have? So what is which episode was this? Two, this was 11. So 12. Yeah, there, I think there's 22. Right, so here's so we the deal. Got, we, got, we got Yeah, we got and then we have the movie. Mm -hmm. We got to get to. So we got we got work to do. We got to hustle. I can do it. I mean, I can I, I can do it. It's, we got we got to fix the internet. We got to make the internet great again. And then we need to <laughs> we need to keep dishing the percolator. All right. I'm in. I'm in. Please follow us on Twitter at PercolatorPod. Follow Dallas at Dallas underscore MC. Follow me at Sean T. O'Donnell. Subscribe on iTunes. Be our friend. Mm. Send us an email, PercolatorPod at gmail.com. Watch Twin Peaks. It, it, it's a donut. <laughs> <I'll>, <laughs> not, I can't do it. Boston cream. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Oh, Dallas, that was fun. Thanks, buddy. 
I'll see you next week. It's a good look on her. The, the, my first talk was better. Kurtz. Don't let yourself be hurt this time. Don't let yourself be hurt this time. Then I saw your face. Then I saw your smile. The sky is still blue. The clouds come and go. Yet something is different. Are we falling in love? Don't let yourself be hurt this time. Don't let yourself be hurt this time. Then your kiss so soft, then your touch so warm. The stars still shine bright, the mountains still high. Yet something is different. Yes, something is different now. The guitar came in. I feel like I'm floating. Floating above a keyboard and a guitar. A guitar. Are we falling in love? Falling. Falling. Are we falling in love? That's the ketchup. I like coffee. Donuts. <laughs> Russ Tamblin.